clean your windshield, Gav. Yes, this week we are talking about squeegee. We're going to be cleaning windows on Novell Open Audio. Welcome to Novell Open Audio, the podcast that connects the Novell user community with what's going on inside and around the Novell universe. I'm your host, Aaron Quill. I'm David Mayer. And I'm Randy Goddard. And guys, today we're going to talk about Squeegee. What's Squeegee? I wasn't around when you guys recorded this. Squeegee is a proxy server made to be easy for the average family to install at home, and it's implemented using... Dan's Guardian and Squid. Okay, so now Squid I'm familiar with. Squid is uh, an open-source, cool caching engine. What's Dan's Guardian? Dan's Guardian is an open-source filtering project. Guardian. I thought you were saying Garden, which Guardian makes a heck of a lot more sense. It's my Utah accent. (laughs) Dan's Guardian. Okay, so what type of filtering? Content filtering. Especially for your average home user. Parents want to set up a network at home that gives them internet access but protects their kids. This is put together by a Novell employee, a new open source project. Oh, very Great cool. little thing for home. So is it doing like whitelisting and blacklisting or is it actually looking at content as it comes through? Content as it comes through. No way. And you like sniffing words out. or? Yeah, he can take something out that contains bad words. Oh, wow. Very cool. Erin Quill, for example. So, now, and I assume you're going to get into this into the interview, but you get to specify which words or is it like categories of things and different levels? You know, I, I allow this level of profanity, but not this level. Well, we get into that in the interview. Let's roll it. Joining us in the studio, we have Cameron Cedar, who's a primary support engineer for Novell. Cameron, welcome. Thank you. And you're here to talk to us about Squeegee, an open source project that I believe you're the founder of. Yes, you so are right. what is Squeegee? Basically, you know, where it came from is Squid and Dan's Guardian. Squid is um, content an application filtering. proxy? Content, yeah, proxy filtering. Right. So I took the best of both worlds there. Dan's Guardian, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's kind of an enhanced squid. It runs with squid. So you can actually use Dan's Guardian to get some more enhancements for your content filtering. A little more deeper filtering with pictures, etc. So basically squeegee, the way that that come about is I use squid and Dan's Guardian at home on one of my uh, SUS Linux boxes to, you know, filter out content in my, my home environment. And so from there, basically, I decided, well, you know, this would be great if we could bring this to other home users. And if we made it really easy, then uh, how much of an advantage it would be to home users to have this, because there's just nothing like it out there. There's nothing like it in the commercial world where it's this easy to be able to have this good of a content filtering system. Not to mention at very minimal cost. Yeah, exactly. You know, free. Yeah. (laughs) So I felt like, well, you know, that'd be great to bring that to people and be able to have them take advantage of that. And they can feel comfortable with it enough to be able to implement that in their home. You know, that'd be just awesome. Now, by content filtering, we're talking about excluding inappropriate material, preventing my children from going to web pages that I don't like them to see. 
Yes, things like that. And also you can even filter words or things out of pages. If you have young children, then you might not want them to see, you know, if they're at the age where they're starting to read and things, you might not want them to see certain words or, or get different ideas from, from things that they see on the Internet, which, you know, they can get a conglomeration of things when they go to a search engine like Google or Yahoo. They, you know, put in a search for something and like a game or something, and they get something that they aren't supposed to see. What's the intent here, Cameron, and what's the target audience for this particular project then? The intent is to basically be able to bring this into people's homes. But right out the bat, the target audience, of course, is is not going to be right away that home user because not everybody knows about open source software. Not everybody knows about SUSE Linux, of course, or OpenSUSE project at that. So the big question is, how do we get it out there? Well, you know, at first, I guess we can start out by doing word of mouth, you know, showing friends and family, and then they pass it along. You know, and then, of course, it, it spans out from there, and then, you know, getting involved with other community leaders, kind of being an advocate there and saying, hey, we've got this, and we can do filtering, for your home, why don't you come see this seminar or something and spend an hour, it will show this to you. It'll be a quick demonstration and then maybe we can direct you to some people or maybe help you set this up at a later time. Things like that to maybe help get it out there. And what's the deployment experience for a user of Squeegee? Squeegee is still under development, so deployment experience, I'm not quite sure yet. So We're open for suggestion. Yeah, exactly. So at this point, where we're still developing how we're want, we want to tie in squeegee, you know, like stuff into YAST, in, into the operating system itself, and, and how we want to do monitoring with, with YAST, possibly, or reporting with YAST, or just different things we're thinking about. So will be an OpenSUSE or a SUSE Linux Enterprise product install with Squeegee as a feature? Currently, some of our ideas are that we can have it as an add-on to some of the SUSE Linux Enterprise products or to the OpenSUSE products themselves and can go out and add the repository as an add-on into your OpenSUSE installation repositories and load the software for it and all the modules for YAST and etc. And then you get all that stuff for Squeegee. So at this point, it's not a turnkey solution? No, not a turnkey solution at this point. But that's something you'd hope to achieve in time? Yes, in time. And I imagine that that would be more useful to your typical Windows user than doing an OpenSUSE install and then adding packages. Oh, certainly. I mean, uh, right now, as it currently is scoped out, you know, it would certainly work with Windows users. In fact, my wife prefers to use Windows. <laughs> so, you know, I have to be able to work with that solution as well. And uh, that's certainly going to be able to work with that. So Squeegee is on the back end filtering your content, but it will not affect any way that you're performing there on Windows in any way. And I suppose you can see a future where this is built into those little plastic routers that you can buy at the typical computer store. Oh, most certainly. And that's certainly somewhere that you could see this project moving into, you know, later on possibly. A single device that Squeegee is stuck on and, you know, the home user takes this device home and boots up his Squeegee device and they're off and running. And uh, they've got a nice little management console and that's where yast gets into you know web-based yast possibly 
where they can manage everything through this web-based YAST piece, and it would be really powerful that way, certainly. And from that, I conclude that Squeegee is not something that's SUSE-specific, SUSE-focused. It's an open-source project. It fits on Linux in general. Yeah, you bet. And, you know, with the use of the uh, the build service on OpenSUSE, we can certainly take care of that and build it for other distributions such as Red Hat, Fedora, Project, and Ubuntu, etc. Uh, those things that are available out there, sure. So what does it look like if I'm a user, I go to Google, I type a search, there's 10 results, one of them is inappropriate. Does it just remove that one result? It will remove that one result, yes. Now, the way that Dan's Guardian fits in with that is that it will actually automatically fit in with your, your Google settings. I don't know if you're familiar with the way Google set up, sets up their preferences. Google has preferences for content filtering alone, and so does Yahoo and, and some other search engines out there. And so what Dan's Guardian will do is it will automatically set that setting for you. And so... Um, whatever the search engine filtering preference is, that's what you're going to see. So if I'm a sneaky teenager in my home and I want to see inappropriate material, what's to stop me or can I go ahead and change my search engine preferences? So, yeah, if, I mean, if you go in and uh, change your search engine preferences, which, yes, you can go in and change those, of course, at any given time and you know squeegee of course is not going to detect that it will actually still filter out those inappropriate materials because it has other regular expression stuff built into the engine itself and it will be able to catch that information coming through so let's say if it was a picture or maybe a word you would actually see that piece filtered out if it were a picture it would be crossed out with a picture built into into dan's guardian where it has a a default picture that you put in there oh this could be fun it would say okay you know the filtered so it's it's my dad it's a picture of my dad i'm there you go teenager there and dad's gone through and set this thing up and now the minute i make this search and the results are returned i see dad's face there staring at me you know with this ugly look on his face so essentially i'd see holes in the page that i've gone to where the inappropriate material is yes for sure what about context around that there could be something equally unpleasant and it's just the word that's been removed does it go beyond just the words It does go beyond just the words, and that's some of the pieces that we need to work on a little bit more is making that a little more user-friendly because when we get into home users, people that don't understand regular expression, we need to... nearly. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, nearly everyone. So we need to build that in and make it easier. We can say, okay, we want to filter out, say, like a grouping of or group type of filtering and it will automatically enable a certain type of regular expression in the back and without the user having to know about that stuff. Here's a little idea that occurs to me from projects related to Firefox, for example. It would be feasible for end users to create filters, upload them to a filter broker, and then have custom filters being built by everyone in the world. You can subscribe to filter lists. That's a great idea. That's a fabulous idea. Sounds really like is. something we need to get on the squeegee wiki. You bet. As, you bet. as something upcoming. Yeah, put that on the ideas. Now, if I've deployed a server running the squeegee components, what is it like to maintain it if I want to protect my home? 
Yeah, some of the current ideas for actually the maintenance of squeegee alone is to have a separate YAST module section where we can have just squeegee dropped in there and then have some queries and have some configuration, one for squid. And we're also going to take the squid YAST module, which has now been developed under the education project. We're going to enhance it so that it actually can manage Dan's Guardian as well. To make it easy in the long run, the idea is to have Squeegee on the install, have a Yast-based install and have a Squeegee set, you know, basic setup for Squeegee through this Yast installation. And what is the current experience like? It's obviously not Yast. Right. The current experience is a lot of, you know, command line editing text files, and you have to be familiar with that. So it's not really user-friendly. Squid has come a long way. They've made a Squid module in Yast. So currently that has been developed, and so it's made it easier to get Squid up and running, but still it needs a little bit more work to make it better for the home user. And that's the point of the project itself. Yeah, exactly. So let's shift gears here for a minute. What's it like being the organizer of an open source project? How do you get started in such an endeavor? You know, that's a great question because, you know, when I first had this idea, I didn't know what to do. (laughs) I didn't know how to start this project. So I got involved with the OpenSUSE build service. There I actually learned a lot of things about it and how, you know, the different things I can do with it, and how that can help me with this project. And then from there, I started looking at other projects that are available out there on the OpenSUSE website and uh, started seeing how those projects had been developed. One good example is the education project out there, and that's been long running for quite some time now. And it's been developed, and they have it down really well. And they've got several developers working with them, packagers, and it's just an awesome project. Um, And so I'm kind of modeling a little bit after that project, and I've got some great ideas from some of those projects that are available out there. And uh, so I started modeling my project page. There's, There's nothing stopping you from actually going out to a wiki page and creating your own project. So if you really want to do that, it's something you want to do, you have this great idea, go out there, start your own wiki page, and stick that into the projects page out there on OpenSUSE and uh, get out there on the IRC chat channels uh, for OpenSUSE and start talking about it and uh, see if you can get people involved, you know, see what uh, the interest is. And that's kind of how I've progressed with that, and I'm still trying to get more interest uh, from a lot of the OpenSUSE folks out there. Now, you're a Novell primary support engineer your job function is working with customers and not development, not as a developer. Do you have some development experience, or were you able to just go straight to putting together your own project without that background? I do have some development experience, and I've had I have extensive experience, you know, with with open source, of course, and and Linux, and and all these different technologies uh, that revolve around them. So. Um, all of that certainly helps, and it helps in the idea process and and uh, in helping in to develop your your project. Um, but certainly, if you have an idea, uh, certainly you know start talking about that through those IRC channels, through through some of the emailing lists with some of those OpenSUSE advocates, uh, and maybe they can help you along and starting something. So what you're saying is that. 
with this particular open source project, and this could apply to, to others that people might have, is you had this idea you mm-hmm. thought would be useful. Yeah. You did a little bit of homework on it. You've got some of your own development background in it, but you are not necessarily the sole coder in the project. Is that correct? That's You've enlisted correct. the help of others. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this kind of undertaking does, you know, I can't do it on my own. <laughs> and I realize that, and it's going to take, it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take more expertise than what I can even put in. Um, sure, I, I can put a lot of efforts into certain pieces and parts of it, but I need to get other people involved that have some other expertise. So down the road, I'm going to need some people involved. And therein lies one of the great strengths of open source. You can find people with common goals and not have to go ahead and recruit them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this almost sounds like a call to arms. How can the rest of us get involved? How can people help? To get involved with Squeegee, I've put out my email address out there on the website. And I haven't really received any emails. I've noticed I've, I've received several hits on the site, which is great, over a 1,000 hits. So I know people are looking at it. I'm a little concerned on some of the interest. And I know that through some of the IRC chats that I've had with several people, there are lots of people that are interested in it, and they want to help with developing some of the different pieces. So as far as getting people involved or getting people to actually you know, help with that, they certainly just need to contact me. I can be contacted through IRC chat and through some of those channels on OpenSUSE or just email me on the project site and we can go from there and I can fit you right into some of those tasks that we have available. So now, you know, you've mentioned uh, developing uh-huh. a number of times. So I get kind of the impression and I think it's erroneous that to help out in an open source project like this, one needs to be a programmer or a developer. Is that specifically the case or necessarily the case? No, not necessarily at all. You know, we need people to even try it out. <laughs> For Testers. One, download it and test it out and see how you like it kind of thing and, and give me feedback because otherwise we can't progress any further unless we have that feedback. What about other sorts of interests that people might have and that they could use to help out in the project? Are there other needs that need to be fulfilled? Oh, you bet. You know, besides coding, there's certainly other needs. You know, writing queries, maybe. Um, Documentation? Documentation is huge. Um, A logo? A logo would be great. You betcha. We need somebody that can design some little logos. You bet. And we'll provide links on the website to the project, to places where you can get in touch with Cameron and participate if you want to. So not to put the cart before the horse here... You know, what do you see moving forward? We've got a project right now that's really kind of still in development, still in its nascent stage, if you will. What mm-hmm. do you see moving forward? What's your expansive view on what's coming up? What's coming up? I hope to be able to get more people involved. I have a few things as far as like roadmap and a couple of things to actually get put out there on the wiki page for the project. So to tie in a roadmap for one, get that complete so that we can have a direction in the near future on what things need to be completed in this amount of time, etc. So those are some of the things to be looking for uh, here in the near future. So even though I'm new to the projects out there on OpenSUSE, 
I think Squeegee can be an exciting one and uh, certainly can be fun for some of those developers that want to get involved with some different technologies as far as Yast is concerned. And I think that, you know, we have some good future ahead of us here. Not to mention it protects a bunch of homes. You betcha. Cameron Cedar is a Novell primary support engineer and creator of the Squeegee filtering proxy project. Cameron, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Well, cool. Thanks, guys, for doing that interview. Um, that's cool. Now, this is really kind of an up-and-coming project. It's not fully baked. Or it's something that he's in the process now and working on. So we really need some additional help, right? Yes, we do. We need resources, people who are available to, to help out on an open-source project. All right. And we'll make sure we've got the link in the show notes so that people can go take a look at the project, download it, see where it's at, as well as get a chance to actually play with it. Okay, great. Thanks a lot, guys, and we'll see you next episode. Remember that Novell Open Audio is brought to you by Novell.com. Our content is chosen by listener requests, so please let us know what you would like to hear by sending us an email at openaudio at Until next time, we'll see you later.